Federico Vatici. Mm-hmm. My friend, you have gone down a very, very deep rabbit hole uh, <laughs> of competitive Pokemon play. Um, yes. And I only know a little, right? Like I know what you send me uh, in, in text messages and stuff like that, but I really feel like I need to strip this back to basics and understand what on earth you are doing okay. right now because okay. you have gone very, very deep yeah. into Pokemon in, a, in yeah. a way that I don't think you ever have before. No, not with Pokemon. The only other game that I can think having gone so deep into is Breath of the Wild. But even then, it's different for a single-player game. Mm. Uh, this is very different now, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Where do you want to start? So where did all of this start for you? Ah, it, okay. it, it seems to have been a very quick but deep descent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so okay, there's two sides to to what I've been doing with Pokemon. One is the competitive play, uh, and the other is the collecting, like the standard, traditional, gotta catch them all type of collecting yep. Pokemon. And that relates to Pokemon Home, which is the new service that I think we should talk about later, because mm-hmm. it's different from competitive play. Now, competitive play, I I was aware before uh, like back in the days of the 3DS, I knew that there was a competitive Pokemon scene. Uh, but this all started... So in November, I started playing um, Pokemon Sword on my Nintendo Switch. Uh, again, the single-player campaign, pretty standard, traditional stuff. And then when I once I got to the end, I so I started reading uh, Cerebi, again, the popular Pokemon website. Really excellent resource for Pokemon. Um so I started reading Cerebi again and I started following like Joe, who's the editor-in-chief of Cerebi. And then from Joe, I started following a bunch of other people who were tuning about Pokemon. And I was exposed pretty early on in, in December, I think, to the idea of competitive play. Now, this happened because once you finish the, finish the main story in Pokemon Sword, and so you, you, you become the champion of the Galar region, you spoilers you become the champion yeah yeah spoiler alert <laughs> by the end you, you don't die Pokemon. you become the champion you become the champion <laughs> yes uh so you unlock the battle tower the battle tower is uh, a place in in one of the one of the cities one of the towns of pokemon sword where you can go in and battle a bunch of uh, cpu controlled players and now in the battle tower you can also shop for um items that you can only purchase using BP points. Those stand for battle points. Now, battle points you can earn by doing the battle tower uh, as a single player, uh, no online play at all, or you can uh, play online. In addition to that, once you beat the, let's say, the the first layer of the battle tower, so once you beat um, again, spoiler, uh, Leon is going to be your <laughs> your opponent at the end of the battle tower as well. Once you beat Leon, and again, this is all single pr- player still, you unlock at that point the judge function. The judge function is... The what? The judge function. Now, the judge function means you can... And this is where it gets deep. Um it means you can, in the summary screen of a Pokemon, you can not only take a look at the Pokemon's stats in terms of numbers. Oh, is it ju- judge like a, like a jury judge? Is that yeah, what you're yeah, saying? Judge. Okay, sorry. Judge, yes. sorry yeah. I wasn't sure if it was like a, an acronym for something or whatever. No, 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 no. Okay. no. It's, you can actually judge a Pokemon's right, stats. Right, 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 um, right. Because you don't just see like attack 20 or defense 25. You see... Um, the individual values. Now, right, the indi- this is the IV. This is the thing that people are losing their minds about for Pokemon Let's Go, right? Uh, I think so. So because they didn't the, have them. Yes. So the IV means. So ever since the, I believe the generation two um, or generation three uh, of Pokemon. So we're talking about the the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games. A Pokemon can have. Uh, different levels of each stat. Go, for example, defense. 
So you look at the defense stat of a Pokemon, it can be no good, it mm-hmm. can be pretty good, it can be good, it can be fantastic, it can be best. And that this means effectively that each stat, each category of, of the Pokemon can go from a value of zero to a value of 31. <laughs> What? Which means why yes. It, no, it's what? it's just a num- it's just a numeric value. No, no, but Let's, like, why does it end in thirty one? Uh I want to say it's big. Be- I don't know. Honestly, I don't know why it's thirty one. I'm not expecting you to know the answer, but I just think that's a hilarious number. Yeah. In any case, what this means is that you like when you play the single player player campaign, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you catch Pokemon in the wild. M- most of those Pokemon don't have people call them perfect IVs. Uh, they have like defense pretty good and attack uh, decent, which is another adjective. Um, th- they're not trained for competitive play. IV, which means again individual values, describe how good a Pokemon is in each specific category, mm-hmm. uh, which would be HP, so the health points, attack, defense, special attack, special defense, and speed. And these individual values are really important for competitive play, so when you play against other people, because uh, they allow you to have the best version of a Pokemon that you can possibly have. For example, and I'm just throwing up numbers here, uh, let's say that you have Pikachu, and you have a Pikachu with uh, 10 health points. But in theory, that Pikachu, if it had the best possible individual values, it could have actually 12 health points instead of 10. And that difference may seem tiny, but it actually makes a world of difference in competitive play because so many games actually come down to the single number number difference of a, of a stat. It, it really does make a difference when you're playing competitively. Yeah, because I guess if you're not maxed out on everything, you're, go- you're not... You yep, are exactly. worse, right? You, ha- you are worse than others. The point for all yep. competitive play Pokemon is what the 40... 40- the like full value or whatever right yes so uh you are technically at a disadvantage now it is still possible for you to win against other people because uh, and i want to stress this up front stats are not everything it is equally if not more important i think to actually understand the game to actually have a knowledge about each pokemon which i i know seems impossible but you start developing that knowledge after you play for a few months. Uh, And so having the knowledge about like each Pokemon's abilities and whether like, oh, I know, for example, that Charizard is a a special attacker instead of a physical attacker. So having that kind of knowledge and having a strategy, uh, that's so important that you can even win with a Pokemon that has like a decent attack. It's going to be more difficult for you because at the end, numbers don't lie. But if you have a really good strategy and a really good understanding of the game, you still can win. But of course, having the best stats make it easier for you. You, you uh, Well, I mean, if you're really, if you're playing online, I understand. But if you're talking like compet- actual competition play, which I think we're mm-hmm. going to talk about later. Yeah. You have to have maxed out statistics because... Yeah you will lose that edge. Yeah, exactly. Right? Okay. Exactly. So, uh, and these individual values... Well, I guess you what can we only... didn't get to is how on earth do you do this if you can't okay. catch Pokemon this way? So, uh, <laughs> uh, so, the ability for you to actually see in the game, in the, in the summary screen of a Pokemon, the individual values is, is unlocked once you beat Leon in the battle tower and yeah. after the main story uh, as a single player campaign. Um, so once you get that, you go into the summary screen and you can see the IVs. Now, of course, the Pokemon that you catch in the wild are do not have... So the best version of a Pokemon is usually referred to as a 6-IV Pokemon, which means it's got six best values in each categories. So it's like when you look at the summary screen, it says HP, best, attack, best, and so forth. That's called a 6-IV Pokemon. But you don't usually find those in the wild. Now, Pokemon Sword introduces the Max Raid Battles. Max Raid Battles, in addition... So you know how they have the stars mm-hmm. when you do a raid? The stars, they not only indicate the strength of the Pokemon in the, in the den of the Max Raid, they usually translate, although not literally, to IVs. 
So for example, a five-star raid usually may translate to a five IV Pokemon, but I've also been able to catch uh, six IV Pokemon. So perfect Pokemon from a raid. So those raids are rare because it's got to be a five-star raid. And usually if you want to catch the six IV Pokemon from a raid, it's got to be a purple beam, not the standard red beam. And those are even <laughs> more rare. Uh-huh. So there's so one way to have, a, to have a Pokemon with perfect stats is to manage somehow to get it from a raid. The other is the beautiful world of breeding Pokemon. So what this means is you start breeding a Pokemon, um, usually with a Ditto. So Ditto can be a breeding partner for any Pokemon in the Pokedex. And by breeding, it means you leave two Pokemon at the nursery in the game and you wait a a few minutes and the Pokemon produce an egg. And then you walk a bunch of steps and the egg hatches. And then you can take a look at the baby Pokemon's stats. And if you you start from uh, one IV Pokemon... Maybe if the ne- if the offspring is a two IV Pokemon, then you start from scratch. You replace the Pokemon in the nursery with a two IV one, and you keep trying until you get six I- a six IV Pokemon. There are, and I'm oversimplifying this. There are techniques and items like specific items in the game to simplify this process, but it usually takes a long time to do this. I have spent like. It's not unusual for me to spend like six hours just to hatch the perfect version of a Pokemon uh, via breeding. So what you're doing at this point is rolling the dice. You're rolling the dice and you essentially run on your bike in circles because the oh, egg boy. is produced after a certain amount of a certain number of steps yeah. and the egg also hatches after a certain number of steps. So. so you're effectively waiting, you keep going, 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 yeah. going until you get to the point where you have a Pokemon with the six yeah. IV. And and so remind me again, because I'm sorry, I just want to make sure I'm fully understanding this. What is the f- the benefit of the six IV over five IV or, or any IV? So the 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 IVs um are these like six categories that you can level up? Yes, those are the six categories of a Pokemon. Health points, attack, defense, special attack and special defense, and speed. And having best means that you, by the time you're level 50 or level 100, I mentioned level 50 because when you play competitively, all Pokemon are set to level 50. No matter their actual level in the game, Mm -hmm. the competitive uh, battle system automatically uh, sets them to level 50. But what, what having best as an individual value means, it means that specific statistic will be at its maximum level if you have a best Pokemon. And this is important because, again, it, it makes a world of difference to have, for example, at level 50, a Pikachu with, I don't know, 150 health points versus a fully uh, you know, uh, uh, IV trained and EV trained, which is another thing that I'll explain shortly, Pikachu, that also at level 50 has 165 health points. That difference usually is because of individual values. Mm-hmm. Now, in addition to IVs, there is also EVs. This means effort values. And again, this is very complicated, and I'll probably put a bunch of links in the show notes so you can actually go read some guides about this stuff. EV training a Pokemon means you can invest in each category with these points that will further raise that specific statistic. Think of it as like leaving a bunch of money (laughs) into six different accounts but you can only leave so much money, right? And in the case of Pokemon, you can only uh, invest 510 points across six categories, but specifically, you can only invest 255 points in a single category. So you gotta think deeply and optimize, like, how much do I want to raise this stat 
versus how much do I want to raise this other one? And so this is why you often hear about EV training or EV spreads. EV spreads means how do you actually assign these numbers? Uh, and there's websites, for example, one is called Picalytics. Picalytics shows you popular EV assignments for popular Pokemon. So like, I don't know, 40 points going to attack and 192 going to defense, right? You can see what EV strategies are popular. And effort values, again, there's a bunch of ways to assign them in the game. Uh, the easiest one is to buy vitamins. You can buy vit vitamins at the Pokemart and the game actually tells you uh, this vitamin um, will raise the base points for defense or for attack and all that kind of stuff. So this is actually something that you have real control over, whereas yes. with the IVs, you'll wait in until you maybe potentially, if you're lucky, yep. breed a Pokemon that gives you the ability to have those full uh, points to level up. Exactly. Now, I should mention, it is possible to take a... So let's say that you luck out and you get a shiny Pokemon, right? Which is super rare. That shiny Pokemon is not perfect. It doesn't have six IV. It has, I don't know, four IV or three IVs. You can still make it perfect by doing what's called hyper training. Hyper training means you have to use one of the rare items in the game, the battle cap, to hyper train your Pokemon, which means you go to a person in the game, you use a battle cap or a gold battle cap which is even more rare, and you make a Pokemon with, I don't know, attack decent into attack best. And the game will actually tell you um, this stat was hyper-trained for you. So these are a bunch of quality of life improvements that the that Nintendo made over the years. And having been away from the franchise for the past 15 years, basically, I remember doing uh, EV training <laughs> years ago and actually keeping track of EV points in a notebook, it's so much easier now. Like, it, there's so many quality of life improvements that make it easy for you to EV train a Pokemon. Uh, but yes, this is the, like, when it, comes to, when it comes to stats, this is the basic stuff. Like, you gotta have a Pokemon with ideally uh, best stats all around and you should invest in effort values. You should invest in assigning additional points to the stats that you prefer. And now, of course, that comes down to your strategy. Like, do you want to have a super fast Pokemon? Maybe you should invest all your points in speed. Or do you want to have a tank, which would be a, a Pokemon that can take several hits and, and wall the opponent's Pokemon? Maybe you should invest in health points and defense. Uh, I wanted to say something else, but I forgot. But yeah, th this is the basic strategy. And once again, there are so it's much more complicated than this, but I cannot go <laughs> into all the details now. And of course, there are some exceptions, like there are some strategies where actually having the slowest Pokemon is actually beneficial to you. So it really depends on the kind of strategy and the kind of team that you want to build. All right, so that's the training part. I want to come back to competitive play. Yes. Um, but alongside got deep, diving deep into this world of training, you have also gone off the deep end when it comes to collecting. Right. So collecting is, uh, again, not related to competitive play. Uh, it's just something that I want to do for myself. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, there's a benefit because, like, you know, you could end up with all of the best types of Pokemon for those, you know, like the most powerful one from this game, the most powerful one from right. this game. Right, So there is, yes. a, there is a benefit, but it's not necessarily tied together, I guess. Right. So when it, when it comes to competitive play, uh, the, like, the legendary Pokemon or the mythical Pokemon from previous games, you cannot use, but we're going to talk about the rules later. Uh, so I am mostly doing this because, one, for like sentimental reasons, and the other for like, um, actually, uh, like for collection purposes. Mm. So, First of all, I completed the Galar Pokédex. So the, the Pokédex of 400 Pokémon in Pokémon Sword. Uh, when you do that, you get a certificate uh, uh, by uh, a Game Freak programmer. Were you hoping for a little bit more? 
Well, you do get a certificate that you can take a look at, and you get the shiny charm, which is an object that, in theory, uh, increases your odds for getting shiny Pokemon. I was only able to get two so far. Mm. After breeding, like, hundreds of eggs, (laughs) I got two shiny Pokemon. Uh, So I completed that, but the Galar Pokedex uh, only contains 400 Pokemon out of 890 so it's not even half. Now, to complete the Galar Pokedex, I was only able to do so thanks to Pokemon Home and the either the Wonder Trade feature of Pokemon Home or the standard like trade feature. So in Pokemon Home, you can exchange Pokemon at random with other people, which is called the Wonder Trade. You just put a Pokemon up for offer and some other people put theirs and then you wait a day and you get a Pokemon back and it's random. So oh. that actually helped getting really? a bunch of Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. That actually helped getting a bunch of Pokemon because some, like an unspoken rule of the community, if you will, is if you can, try to wander trade or it's called surprise trade in, uh, in Pokemon Sword. Uh, Pokemon that are rare. So if you have, like, especially if you do breeding and you end up with dozens and dozens of the same versions of the same Pokemon, if it's a rare, put them up, right? Because it's the right thing to do. And so, like, especially when, when at Christmas, I remember I put up for surprise trade a bunch of starters from Pokemon Sword. So the first three Pokemon that you get at the beginning of the game, because I thought, you know, a bunch of kids are going to get the game today. How did you get those? I got those from other people, and so I returned the favor, right? It's sort of like a sort of like pay forward type yeah. of rule. Mm-hmm. And so when it was Christmas, I thought, you know, a bunch of kids are going to get the game today. Oh, what a good boy. You know, and, and actually a lot of people on Reddit were doing the same thing. So it was the community aspect is one of the things that I really like about playing Pokemon. Um, but in any case, uh, trading via Pokemon Home helped me, really, really helped me um, complete the Pokedex in Pokemon Sword. And in addition to the Wonder trade, I also did the traditional trading, which is there's a section in the app that you go in and it says, like, Michael is looking for a Pikachu and is offering a Charmander. And you can go in and say, I do have a a Pikachu and I want your Charmander. And so you do that and you do that via Pokemon Home. So you, you can actually do that from your iPhone. It's super easy. And once it's in Pokemon Home, you can transfer it back into Pokemon Sword. That's cool that you can do it from your phone. Yeah, yeah, totally. And and that really helped me in the final stretch of like 20 Pokemon missing, Uh, especially because some of them were exclusive to Pokemon Shield. And I don't have Shield. I have Sword. So after completing the Galar Pokedex, I started considering what if I tried to go after the National Pokédex. So the National Pokédex would be the complete Pokédex of 890 Pokémon. It's called National because in the Pokémon fiction uh, fictional universe, there's a nation and each region, like Kanto and Yoto and Sinnoh, and Galar are, 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 are regions of the same universe. I don't know how that works, but they call it the National Pokédex. Now, I know that this is going to be a long effort for me. It's going to take me time. Especially because I've been away from the series for so long. Like, the last game I played for real was I uh, Pokemon Ruby on the Game Boy Advance. Or at least I thought so. <laughs> Mike. Because So something happened <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so, I... As soon as, comp- as, I, as I completed the Galar Pokedex, I, and I started having these thoughts of, I want to catch them all. I want to complete the... You want to national- be the very best. I want to be the very best because... No, I was. Because I, I, in Pokemon Home, once you have all the Pokemon and all the forms, there mm-hmm. are some special forms that you also need to unlock, yeah. you get an exclusive Pokemon right. that you can only get via Pokemon Home. Because it does feel like to catch them would be your real test, you know? to train yeah. them would be your cause mm-hmm. Pokemon uh, so <laughs> so I uh, I thought okay so a way for me to do this is to get my old games back yeah from my from my parents house you've already done the work like past I've Federico already done the work. will help current Federico 
Exactly. So I thought I'm going to get the GBA games because you can only transfer to Pokemon Home starting from the GBA games. Um, so I'm going to get those. I'm going to ask my mom, hey, go through my games collection and bring me all the things that say Pokemon on it. So she did, and she brought me Pokemon Ruby, Pokemon Sapphire, a bunch of old Game Boy games that I cannot use for these purposes because, again, you cannot transfer from, like, gold and silver to Pokemon Home. And she brought me also Pokemon Diamond. Now, Pokemon Diamond is a DS game that I remember purchasing as an American with an American copy of the game, but I was... 100% 100% sure I never actually played Pokemon Diamond. So I go in and I take my Pokemon Ruby cartridge, I put it into a Game Boy Advance that I still have, and the game is completely empty. Like, it has my progress, like 90 hours of gameplay, but I don't have any Pokemon in it. Like, I have a single Pokemon in my team, and all the PC boxes are empty. And so I, I go like, well... I have no idea what happened. Maybe I transferred them to Pokemon Sapphire. And Pokemon Sapphire was also empty. And so I was really sad and I was really bummed. And I thought, well, I don't know what I did. Maybe I transferred them to some other game that I lost or I don't remember what happened, but something must have happened here and I have no recollection whatsoever. And I was really sad because in that game, in Pokemon Ruby... I remember, so we're talking 2003 here for context, so this is 17 years ago. But I do remember that 14-year-old Tichi uh, transferred a legendary Pokemon called Jirachi from a GameCube game called Pokemon Channel using using a GameCube to GBA adapter, like the link cable, to po- from the GameCube game to Pokemon Ruby. I remember doing this, right? I remember transferring this legendary Pokemon from the GameCube game, a Pokemon that you could only catch in the European version of this GameCube game. I remember transferring it to, my, to the GBA, to Pokemon Ruby, but it was not there anymore, and I was really sad. And I, I, I was sad for a couple of days, and then just out of the blue, I thought, well, let me see what you know, this Pokemon Diamond, if I ever even started the game. And Mike, not only did I beat the main story in Pokemon Diamond, I actually beat the Elite Four and I completed the main storyline with like 50 hours of gameplay. Pokemon Diamond had all my Pokemon from the GBA game waiting for me, including Jirachi, including the other legendary from Pokemon Ruby, All my old Pokemon are in Pokemon Diamond because years ago, I want to say in 2006 or 2007, I actually played and I have no memory whatsoever of doing this, but I must have played the game, finished the game and transferred from the Game Boy Advance game to Pokemon Diamond using the Paul Park feature of the game all my Pokemon from Pokemon Ruby to Pokemon Diamond. I did this. I have no recollection of doing this. But what this means is that I can now transfer, and this is the crazy part. Because all those Pokemon are in Pokemon Diamond, I can now transfer my Jirachi that I caught in Pokemon Channel for the GameCube in 2003, transferred to the GBA, transferred to Pokemon Diamond. I can now move that Pokemon to Pokemon Home 17 years later. <laughs> it really is wild. It's wild that you can do that. But the, but here's the the problem right now though is like you actually can't do anything with that Pokemon, right? Like it's just in Pokemon Home with the hope no, that at some no, no. point. You can transfer it to Pokemon Sword. You oh, just really? can Yeah, yeah. Uh with the with Pokemon Home, um the um Nintendo enabled transferring I want to say 35 additional Pokemon basically all the legendaries you can uh, now transfer them they added those in i don't yeah. think they mentioned that they they did they did they actually okay. did there, there's a page somewhere okay uh, you can transfer them you cannot use them online of course but you can use them offline in in the single player uh, battle tower 
in max raids, you can use them. So my Jirachi, I will be able to transfer to Pokemon Sword. And what I will do is I will reset its effort value points and mm -hmm. I will train the Jirachi again in Pokemon Sword. So uh, that, that is pretty incredible. So now it gets more complicated than this. Because there's a there's many other games that I never played, so I've been collecting them lately, Mike, yep. and I plan on going through them over the next year. Really, uh, my collection now includes Pokemon Black, the USA version, Pokemon Pokemon Y, uh, Pokemon Omega Ruby, both of them the European version, Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green. These are the GBA games. Pokemon Platinum, uh, which I got from the UK just today, and which I'm gonna start playing next. Pokemon Soul Silver, which uh -huh. was a DS remake of Silver. And of course, uh, Pokemon Sun and Ultra Sun, which I never finished on the 3DS. It's so funny to me. is like, I know I have played all of these games because I really? know I've played every... I've played every Pokemon game, but I remember barely any of these. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, so just, just just to explain, you're playing these on the original systems, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, totally. I is I the bought... idea that you are playing them to complete them, or you are playing them purely to find the Pokemon you want to find? I am playing them to. I, I want to finish the main story. I will not complete the Pokédex of each game. I will focus on catching the Pokemon that I can only find in those games and then transfer them up to Pokemon Home. With the idea of eventually being able to complete the entire National Pokedex. In Pokemon Home, yes. Yeah, that's the plan. Uh, yeah, and uh, I actually bought a, a, a Nintendo DS Lite again uh, on eBay a couple of weeks ago because my old one is... The battery is gone. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I have a new DS Lite, beautiful object still, uh, this, all these years later. Um, now, there are, the complication, there are some complications to this. The main one being that some legendary or mythical Pokemon, there, there are two different things, legendary and mythical, but they're equally rare. Uh, some of them were only available at the time, either uh, because Nintendo uh, gave them away uh, like GameStop or mm -hmm. Best Buy, these stores in Italy, there would be GameStop Italy, for example, or they were giving them away uh, via online distribution. And of course, that online distribution is not available anymore. So now there are some ways that I can go about this. About this, like, and we're talking here about like 20 Pokemon, right? I could find. And this is what I've been doing to an extent. So when I said that Nintendo were giving this Pokemon away at like GameStop and Best Buy, they were doing so by giving to the employees of those stores special cartridges, right? Uh, they had these special like cartridges that they could put in the Nintendo DS of the store and distribute them wirelessly to people. I now, remember this. Like, you could go to a store yeah. and you could sometimes, I mean, I did this just walking into the store with the game. You could then download the Pokemon. Like, you didn't even really have to do anything. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, now, of course, those cartridges were supposed to go back to Nintendo. But as you can imagine, some employees kept them for themselves and are now reselling them on eBay. At really high prices. How much you pay? Well, it depends. How much you pay? No, come on. Not it depends. How much did you pay? I can you tell you. Got one of them. I can tell you. Well, I haven't got one of them. I, uh, <laughs> I've got. I got like eight in total. There we go. I so uh, for example, one I got for a hundred and twenty, and a bundle of four really rare a bundle of five really rare ones i spent like 500 <gasps> yeah yeah oh i love you yeah uh, look um i've always been a collector hey, you hey, know me look uh, this is a no judgment zone here thank my you friend thank all you, right thank you i am actually like that's a crazy amount of money i applaud your dedication <laughs> right you work hard for your money yeah how yeah, you choose to spend it is 
look, I have, I have, I have, I have no vices, right? I have no. Well, I don't do on. anything else. Uh, uh-uh. yes, you do. It's this. Uh, yes, I do now. Yes, it's I do. This. It's this. Yes. It's buying Nintendo-related items. I've seen your amiibo collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You have a point. I've always been that way. Um, so I've been purchasing some of them, but the obscenely expensive ones I will not purchase. Because what are we we're talking? talking Oh, no, we're talking 2000 for Why? a single one. What, what's going on with those? Uh, really, really rare events, like time-limited events uh, for, like, uh, Arceus, which is, like, the god Pokemon. Uh, and there's another one for, um, well, I don't remember the name now, but uh, it's another special event that it's a really, uh, Darkrai, uh, which is really rare to find. Now, I don't want to spend that kind of money, for a single cartridge. Um, there's some other ways that I can go about it. One of them is using an action replay. Remember the action replay? The thing yeah, the that cheat, lets you... the cheat thing. Yeah, cheat. Um, I have an action replay DS, and I can, if I want to, at the end of the game, I can unlock some of the super rare ones. Otherwise, there's a market on eBay for purchasing hacked or cloned Pokemon that are sold by people as like digital goods. You pay like 15 euros or 20 euros and you trade with this person. And when I say hacked or cloned Pokemon, it I mean that there are PC programs that allow you to create a fake Pokemon and through a like, like a modded Nintendo Switch, you can import those Pokemon into your game. Do you not worry about like messing up the game and stuff like that though? No, because those Pokemon are actually perfectly legal in the sense that Pokemon Home recognizes them and and treats them as like real Pokemon and allows you to transfer them into Pokemon Sword. Because I guess if you get them into Home you're yeah. effectively washing them clean. Exactly. Because that's exactly Home what it is, is like Apple Music Match or whatever. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So, and I don't really want to do that. If anything, I will do the action replay. I'm going to say that takes the fun out of it. Yeah. In it a does. way, like even really doing does. the action replay thing, you're still doing like a thing where you have you're involved in it. Just giving someone $20 and getting a Mew is not really that fun. Exactly. Exactly. So, that is why I wanted to get like as much as possible to get the distribution uh cartridges. Uh, because it's it's sort of like reliving the experience at the time. Of course, I cannot go to GameStop anymore, but I can simulate, you know, getting the Pokemon from GameStop. How by... do those cartridges even work? Like, what do you see when you turn them on? Ah, it's fun. You put it in, into the Nintendo DS, so you gotta have two Nintendo DS units. Yeah. And on one of them, where you put the special cartridge in, which, by the way, says, not for resale, Naturally. return to Nintendo. It's <laughs> super fun. <laughs> yeah. When you put it in, it shows you a special UI uh-huh. that says um, start distribution and like choose Wi-Fi channel or something like that. And it's just a single screen with a block of text. And that's all. And you press A, you start the distribution uh, wirelessly. And on your other Nintendo DS, it, like, you receive the Pokemon. Up. It fires up and it's like a Pokemon is waiting for you. And that's it. Nice. Uh, and of course, you can only do it once uh, per game. It's not like I can distribute to myself 20 legendary Pokemon uh, because it, it, it keeps track of you having received the Pokemon once. So to get multiple ones, you would have to start <laughs> the game multiple times over and over. But that seems like, with the levels that you've gone to, something that you would be willing to do. Oh, yes, I will do that because yeah. then I will use them as leverage when trading online. Yes. With other people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> if there's something you really want, well, look what I've got. I have 20 Mewtwo's. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's that's the part about collecting. Um, okay. As much as possible, I will play the old games. Also because it's like, these are holes in my Pokemon experience. As as a gamer, and I wanna and I wanna play them. Like mm-hmm. I never played them before, and I, and I want to now. Should we go back to the competitive play? Yeah. Okay. So, the, what do you want to know? So, how did your competitive play begin? Okay. Um, so, uh, playing competitively in Pokemon Sword means two different things. Um, one could be to actually physically 
go in person to a Pokemon event, in, like somewhere in the world. And you should know that the Pokemon company is very active about all this stuff. Uh, the, the, the whole initiative is called Play Pokemon, and it includes both the video game and the trading card game, uh, the Pokemon cards. There are regional, international events organized and officially supported by the Pokemon company. They stream all of those on Twitch. They have like professional casters on Twitch. It's, a, it's like an, it's an official thing and it, it involves thousands of people. There are like regional events in the United States, regional events in Italy, in France, anywhere in the world you can find an official event recognized by the Pokemon company. And when I say official and recognized, that's important because these events, when you go, if you qualify in the top, like top 32 or top 16 or top eight, or even, and of course, if you win the event, in addition to usually uh, a monetary prize, you also earn CP points. And those stands for championship points. The CP points are, of course, like a, a digital um, <laughs> uh, unit that is uh, associated with your uh, personal Nintendo and Pokemon trainer profile. And those matter because uh, there's a big event at the end of a season called Pokemon Worlds. And Worlds is the final. It's the final showdown, right? And this year, it'll be hosted in London. And only people who have a certain amount of CP points can be invited to the final event by the Pokemon company. It's, a, it's like a ranking system. It's a ranking system. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. So there's an entire world. And by the way, um, usually you would hear people refer to this as the meta game or the format. It, it, it's, it always means the same thing. It means competitive play. And there's a, like, a, as I was saying, there's an entire scene of, uh, as you can imagine with, uh, with any video game these days, but there's an entire scene of like Twitch streamers and YouTubers sure. and websites, but it's also the, 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 the weight of the Pokemon company and Nintendo behind it, right? It's officially sanctioned. Yes. That's yes, the important is. part. There's, in fact, uh, at the Pokemon.com website, there's a, a page called the Event Locator that you can use to enter your zip code in your country and you can find the nearest uh, event near you. So that's if it's something that you want to do, you should take a look at that. Now, you don't have to play in real life to play competitive Pokemon. You can play online. And in Pokemon Sword... Can you get CP points online? Not always. Only for special events, one of them happening soon. Okay. But usually you do not. Okay. You only compete uh, for glory and for training yourself. For glory. For glory, yeah. yes. So <laughs> in, in Pokemon Sword, oh, and also um, you, usually uh, competitive Pokemon is referred to as VGC. VGC would be the Pokemon Video Game Championship. And that's right. another uh, name for it. So the, the Pokemon VGC format follows some specific rules and it can be played online from Pokemon Sword. In Pokemon Sword, what you do is you open the VS screen, uh, which takes you, takes you to the battle station. And in the battle station, you choose... You have two options. You can choose casual play. And casual play, you it's exactly what it is. You play casually online with people. There are no points, no ranking. It's just a one-on-one -on -one match. Okay. Or you can play ranked battles. Ranked battles earn you points. Not CP points, just points in the uh, name of the system, which is called the ladder. So you, cr you climb the ladder uh, from the Pokeball rank up until the Master Ball rank. Now, you can play ranked battles in two ways, singles and doubles. Singles means it's one Pokemon against one Pokemon. Yep. Doubles means it's two Pokemon against two other Pokemon. Is it two of your Pokemon? You're not teaming up with someone, are you? No, no, no. You're not teaming up with, teaming okay. up with anyone. It's always one player against another player. Um, but it can be one against one Pokemon or two against two Pokemon. Now, if you play... Uh, so, VGC, the, again, the com official competitive format, it's only doubles. So, Pokemon VGC, it's only doubles... And the 2020 season has a set of rules 
that you like official rules, you can go to a website with a, a complete document listing all these rules. Okay. And the main one, like the, the main ones are you can only use Pokemon caught or bred in Galar. So no, you, like if you have a Pokemon for Pokemon Ruby, even if you transfer it to Pokemon Sword, you cannot use it. You need to catch it or breed it in in the Galar region. No mythical. It's weird. No. Yeah, I know. It's weird because you can because you can breed it, so you can yeah. just refresh it. I know, I know, huh. but it's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, no mythical and no legendary Pokemon. And if you can use Gigantamax Pokemon, but only some forms of Gigantamax Pokemon, and specifically when it comes to online play, online play in ranked double battles, double battle, double battles uh, system. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is, so, online competitive is organized in seasons. And season right. one was until like January 1st. And right now we are in season two. And season three is starting March 1st. So next week. And it will allow the use of new Pokemon, including everyone's favorite slash worst Pokemon, Incineroar from Pokemon Sun. Uh, th- that's a whole thing. Basically, Incineroar, according to some people, is overpowered. According to others, it's not. We'll see how it goes. Now, how I got started. Um, I started following, uh, I think I mentioned him on the show before, uh, Wolfie Glick is uh, the 2016 world champion of Pokemon VG- VGC, and I believe the North American champion of, uh, uh, I want to say 2018 or 2019. Uh, he has an excellent YouTube channel, really good Discord server, where he also does tutorials. Uh, it's He shares really good content, and he's ob- he obviously knows what he's talking about. So YouTubers, in addition to Wolfie, I started following uh, Cybertron uh, Productions is uh, Aaron Zhang. He's also an official caster for the Pokemon Twitch channel. There's a bunch of other YouTubers. I can probably send you all the links of the folks that I'm subscribed to. The subreddits, and I would specifically call out uh, the VGC subreddit and Stunfisk. Stunfisk is also the name of a Pokemon. These are communities on Reddit where people talk about competitive play. Uh, Cerebi, of course, uh, it's super important to, uh, again, it's all about knowledge, right? It's all about knowing Pokemon and knowing like the abilities and the natures and the stats and all the things that I don't have the time to discuss here today. But Cerebi, they have an, an, an amazing collect database of like their own Pokédex that shows you all the moves and the power and the stats. It's something that you got to memorize over time. But, you know, um, to this day when I'm playing online, I have a Cerebi page open and I just double check stuff Mm -hmm. um and then really it's just about like start playing and losing a lot (laughs) until until you learn what you're doing wrong and until you develop a strategy and i think it's also like the seasonal format it's not just like like a like a time period but it's also very much seasonal in terms of the pokemon that people like to use online so when you play online you tend to see the same Pokemon being used over and over, right? Just because there's a top tier of Pokemon that have objectively really good stats or really good abilities. Oh, and I should mention, there's also, I mean, uh, an amazing uh, website and community called Smogon, specifically Smogon University, which is a forum board and a place where you can go and read about uh, specific strategies and all that kind of stuff. But as I was saying, when you play online, you will see like the same Pokemon over and over. Like Because Bjorn there Garrett. are specific ones that are good, right? Yes, yes. And there are specific ones that are ideal for specific strategies. Uh, for example, in this, um, I, I don't think you know what, what, what this is, Mike, but in this, uh, with Pokemon Sword, speed control beca- became a really um, popular feature to consider when playing because you can make your Pokemon faster in the same turn that you're playing, whereas it used to be different before. And so right now there are two different strategies, for example, that are really popular. One is called the Tailwind strategy and the other is called the Trick Room strategy. And these refer to 
two different moves. One of them, Tailwind, makes all your Pokemon um, uh, uh, twice as fast. And Trick Room makes the slowest Pokemon go first, which is why I mentioned a few minutes ago, sometimes it's actually better for you to have the slowest Pokemon, and that's what I was talking about. Uh, So these two strategies, each one of them has some ideal Pokemon to use, right, for that kind of strategy. And so you will tend to see, like, the same 30 or 40 Pokemon always used online, but also it's seasonal. Because, like, for example, in December, the, there were some kind of teams that used to be popular, and now they're not popular any, anymore. Now something else is popular at the moment. And so my strategy shifted over time to account for the fact that... um popular strategies from other people are also changing because there are trends and, you know, because people, when there's a big event, usually, and somebody wins that event, over the next couple of weeks, you will see people to try and copy the strategy of the person who won an event, especially if that event was broadcast on Twitch, right? People want to, are like, yeah, I want to play like the person who, you know, won the championship in Australia, for example. And this is made possible also by the fact that Pokemon Sword and Shield they have a rental team feature that lets you put together a team and put it up for rent so other people can use it. So for example, Mike, you could use my team without having to actually make your own. You could use mine. I can just give you a code Hmm. and you can use my team. Hmm. And so being able to adjust your strategy uh, according to what's popular at the moment, that's also something that is really, uh, really essential when it comes to competitive play. And finally, and again... I need to stress this as much as possible. Knowledge is super important. Like when you see a Pokemon and you know exactly, uh, you know, what its weak points are, what the potential strategy of the opponent are, that is super important. And But lastly, I want to mention, um, maybe you want to put together a team that revolves around a single gimmick, like a, a weird strategy that becomes, as they say, your win condition which means unless you execute that gimmick, you're going to lose. And I was doing that at the beginning, right? I I had this sort of tunnel vision and I was like, this is my gimmick, which consists of like throwing an item at one of my own Pokemon to raise its its, uh, stats. But if that fails, then I'm screwed and I'm going to lose. And initially, like a lot of people, I think, make this mistake of having this kind of tunnel vision and be like, I'm always going to play this way. But then the more you play, the more you understand that the game is about, it's a very complex game of chess, basically, where, uh, where you, need to, you need to have the knowledge. You need to have a strategy of your own, but you also need to be able to react to the opponent's strategy and mm. you need to be able to read what the opponent is going to do. In fact, most Pokemon, like a lot of players go after the easy KO like, I want to KO everything that's in front of me. But, you, like, and it may seem absurd, but usually, actually, actually, I want to say sometimes, the KO is not necessarily your best strategy to win. Because if you KO the opponent's Pokemon, and then maybe the, the opponent has a Pokemon waiting in the back, and you just granted the opponent a free switching for one of the other Pokemon that will destroy you. So... It's a really complex game and it's a super fun game if you're into like numbers and and probabilities and like being able to guess what the opponent is going to do. There's a viral video that is going around on Twitter these days of her name is Simone. Simone is a, I want to say seven real uh, year old girl from, I don't know where, where she's from actually, but she competed in the junior section of the Oceania Internationals for mm-hmm. Pokemon VGC. And there's this viral video of this girl that was facing off an opponent, uh, another young um, boy, that was one of, the, like, one of the potential winners, one of the favorites from the event. And she, at her, at her like, super young age, was able to execute a really complex strategy because she was able to read the opponent's move at the very last turn. And she did something so bold that, you know, much more accomplished accomplished players with a lot more experience 
would probably have not done. She took a risk. I've seen this she video. It gave risk. me chills, even though I only half understood it. It was kind of incredible. She knew that the opponent was going to protect one of the two Pokemon that he had left, and so she attacked the other one, even though, like, most people would have said, yeah, I'm just going to go after the big one. Instead, she went after the little one, right? And again, mm-hmm. I'm simplifying this. But yeah, it's it's all about, like, being able to read, like, is the opponent going to try to stall me here and to protect one of the Pokemon, so maybe I should go after the other one? Is the opponent going to switch in a Pokemon in a way that if I use, like, for example, an electric attack, because the Pokemon, the opponent has a water Pokemon out in the field, maybe the opponent is going to read my move and is going to switch in a rock Pokemon where an electric move is not effective. So it's just like this game of like, it's a mind reading game that is super fun and it takes a lot of practice. Yeah. Especially if you don't have the support network of like, an esports team where there's like people who actually train together for competitive play, you know, all that kind of stuff. If you're just playing by yourself, and especially if you're new to the game, right? As I am after 17 years, it it takes a lot of time. And I can tell you, Mike, like I, I I've been able to get to the master ball rank in what season two. I'm at max level in ranked okay. online double battles. Uh-huh. I am at the max level. That's amazing. That, yeah, thank you. And and like it took me a lot of practice and I had hundreds of losses, yeah. right? But oh. that's part of the process. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the only way you play something like this. Yeah. Just losing constantly. Losing constantly and, and learning and taking notes and understanding your flaws. So what does this mean for you then? Like where are you? Because again, like the type of battles that you're doing, they're seasoned battles, right? So you're playing yeah. like events and you're getting ranked in those events. In but that you're not season, getting championship points. I'm not getting championship points. And when season three starts, I will be at the first level, at the first rank again, instead of rank Max, <laughs> uh, we'll have to start over again in season three. But two things. So what's the benefit to that then? Well, uh, if you get to the Master Ball rank, you earn 500 battle points, the BP points, which you can use to buy um, special items and mints at the Battle Tower. And those really help when you're breeding Pokemon for competitive play, especially ah. the like the ability capsule or the nature means, those cost 50 BP each. So okay. having 500 BP points <laughs> really helps. So you've got to go through that level mm. to be able to ever think about doing the truly competitive play stuff. Well, right? uh, what do you mean through that level? You have to do all of these events and these championships so you can get the tools that you need to right. strengthen your Pokemon. Well, you you can either keep breeding until you get the nature you want on a Pokemon. Again, you can just roll the dice and wait until you get the Pokemon that you need, uh, the nature that you need. Or you can play the single uh, player battle tower, but that will earn you like two battle points at a time instead of like 500. Okay. So, uh, you can do it by yourself. It's just going to be slow. Um, so I'm going to keep playing the online ranked seasons. There's an event coming up, which is the International uh, international Challenge. It's an online event, but unlike the other ones, it will grant you CP points. So the, the ones you can use in real life. And I thought maybe I'm going to try this one, you know? You sh- Why wouldn't you? I, I will, and, and it will be super hard to qualify in the top... I don't know, top 1,000. But like, uh, why not even, but like, why but not why just not? try though? You're putting all this not? effort in. You should at least see if you can stack. Can you do it, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, why not, right? Mm. Um, YOLO, Federico. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I thought, you know, maybe it's going to go horribly wrong, but I want to try that. And honestly, like, eventually, I want to go to some real life events like uh, regional showdowns and that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. but not this year, maybe next year, but I really need to have a better understanding of the game, more knowledge. But so far, I love playing this and and, like having this as a hobby because it's like, it's forcing me to think and, and like develop strategies. I think it's good for my brain it relaxes me in a weird way. Yep. And it's just a way to to uh, to discover like a different community, 
right? Instead of like just the Apple community, uh, it's just it's a, a way hobby. To, it's a Lovely. hobby. It's it's what it is. It's yeah. a hobby. So I'm and so I think pleased you've shared this. I will be honest with you. There's still a bunch of stuff that I do not understand, even though you've explained it. Uh, but I guess that's kind of the point. It's complicated, and there's it so is, many uh, things going on at once, right? Like there is the type the play stuff you can play online. There's the stuff you can play online that is competitive ranked mm-hmm. and then there's stuff that you can play competitive ranked but only in person yeah but send me some of these youtubers and 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 uh influencers in this community because i want to start following some just to see what this is all about and i can put them in the show notes too for our listeners i will thank you federico i hope you win all your next battles <laughs> thank you i hope i will too <laughs> you're gonna be the real champion one day mm-hmm. i want to be the very best 